Hello and welcome to the Connecting Minds podcast. I'm Christian Yordanov, your host. Thank you again for joining me on the podcast. Today we have part two of three of our mini-series with David Toman on using nootropics for specific purposes. Today's topic is how to use nootropic supplements for energy. Now this is an important topic because as you hear on the episode, what he discusses is how energy is produced in the body. So most of the energy is produced in our mitochondria, which are the tiny little organelles inside our cells that burn or oxidize uh, fats and glucose to produce adenosine triphosphate or ATP, which is the molecule that energy is carried in in the body. So if you can support your mitochondria, you are going to support energy production in all systems of the body. That includes, of course, the brain, but also the gut, the muscles, the immune system. So the more you can support your mitochondria, the more you can prevent their decline as you age, the better your energy levels are. And of course, the more energy you have, the better your other systems will work. So this is an incredibly useful little episode that you can use to learn how to give yourself a clean energy boost without caffeine, without stimulants, without the jitters, without withdrawal effects if you quit, right? Um, and we cover four supplements that you can use to do that. So check out the links in the description for David Toman's book, Head First, which is a, an amazing resource on nootropic supplements. His website and YouTube channel, nootropicsexpert.com. Nootropics Expert is the YouTube channel. It's another great resource, uh, resource if you want to learn more. And yeah, enjoy the episode. I hope you find it informative. Thank you again for joining me on the podcast. And without further ado, here is David Toman of nootropicsexpert.com. In this episode, we have David Toman again. We're going to talk about how to use nootropics to boost your energy. So, David, thank you so much for joining us for this for this one. Thank you for having me back, Christian. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, it's an honor. Likewise, sir. So let's talk nootropics for energy. Um, how would you how would you approach this? First, let's look at how energy is produced in our body. Where does it come from? The most fundamental source of our energy comes from our cells. It's made in our mitochondria. It's called adenosine triphosphate, or ATP for short. And you have glucose and fatty acids and oxygen that travel through your system into your mitochondria to produce ATP. And that ATP is what powers every one of your cells. It powers your brain. It powers your muscles. It powers your heart. It powers everything that's going on in your system. And if you have mitochondria, if you're suffering from mitochondrial dysfunction of some sort, either damaged mitochondria or um, not enough mitochondria, or the right stuff isn't getting to mitochondria to make adenosine triphosphate, you're going to suffer from, gosh, everything from chronic fatigue to autism to Huntington's. To, it's been implicated in every, almost every major neurodegenerative disease mitochondrial dysfunction and it's easy to it's relatively easy to boost that energy that your mitochondria is making now why is this important you have got maybe a thousand mitochondria per cell in your brain because your brain along with your heart is the most energy hungry organ in your body yeah it uses a huge amount of energy and if you are not getting these nutrients from food, which is typically where they come from in the first place, and they're manufactured in your body, you are going to suffer from things like chronic fatigue. And 
So rather than grabbing a Red Bull or a cup of coffee, a long-term solution is to boost the generation of adenosine triphosphate in your mitochondria and to make new mitochondria. Mm. So more mitochondria is going to make more energy, yeah? And how do we do that? There, the easiest way to do it with supplements is with, I've identified four supplements that work really, really well. Acetyl-L-carnitine. Acetyl-L-carnitine helps transport fatty acids into mitochondria where they're used for ATP synthesis. And then it helps transport the oxidized garbage back out of the cell to prevent damage from, from brain cell damage. And you also need L-carnitine to make acetylcholine, by the way. It's a cofactor mm -hmm. in the synthesis of acetylcholine. But for, our, for what we're talking about here, energy, our most fundamental source of energy, we need it to transport fatty acids into mitochondria. The next supplement that is really helpful is CoQ10 or coenzyme Q10. It's a fat soluble. It's kind of like a vitamin, but it's not a real vitamin. It's a coenzyme that's required for energy flow and the transfer of energy in each one of your cells. And it's the majority of CoQ10 is found within your mitochondria. That's within every single cell in your body. There's more per cell in your brain there is in the rest of your body, but it is throughout your body. Mm. And to and what it does, it's part of the electron transport chain and participates in the cellular respiration that generates the energy in the form of adenosine triphosphate. So if your body is not producing enough CoQ10 and you're not getting the raw materials from food, then you just take a CoQ10 supplement. Mm. A quick question here, sorry. Would muscle meat be a good source of CoQ10 or would it be degraded, do you think, when you cook the meat? It naturally is degraded when you cook the meat, but um, gosh, I don't know. You know, organ meat is always the best Yeah. for this, Heart but you can get CoQ10 from eating fatty fish. You can get it from beef, poultry, nuts, seeds, and oils. Interesting. Okay. There's awesome. different ways to get CoQ10. And uh, sorry, I actually have another question on CoQ10. Um, for folks over 30, there's a couple of forms of CoQ10. So we have ubiquinone, ubiquinol, mm -hmm. uh, and um, I think just, I forgot the name of the other one. Just CoQ10. Ubiquinone, ubiquinone and ubiquinol. Right, right. And well, the way it, when oxidized CoQ10 or ubiquinone accepts an electron from another molecule in the chain, it becomes ubiquinol. Right, and then right. when ubiquinol donates an electron, it becomes ubiquinone. Yeah. And so yeah, this state so of equilibrium is kind of like necessary as how the things work. But what we what practical experiences found is that people that are under forty five can use ubiquinone, which is typically less expensive. With in, they can use it successfully and it works. But people over 45 often can't get satisfaction from using ubiquinone and they have to use ubiquinol. You know, that's interesting because I, I've, I've read in a couple of places that it was folks under 30. So I, I, I actually, because I know ubiquinol is more expensive, I stopped buying ubiquinol for a while and I don't buy CoQ10 because I thought it probably wouldn't work in my body. But now that you're saying it's under 45, not under 30, I actually might start buying CoQ10 again. 
Yeah, it's um, the uh, CoQ10 is um, difficult to manufacture and it's relatively unstable. And there are a couple of companies that have come up with different versions of um, CoQ10. Like there's one company called Micro, um, I forget what the name of the company is, but it's called Microactive CoQ10 mm. that seems to double the um, the blood levels of CoQ10 in just three weeks compared to other forms of CoQ10. So when you're looking for supplements, it helps oftentimes to buy the patented version of it. Mm -hmm. And it's often going to be more expensive than the cheaper ones. If you use a cheaper version of a supplement and it doesn't work, it doesn't mean that that necessarily that supplement doesn't work. It just means that your body doesn't respond to that cheaper supplement and you need the better, more natural version of it. What is your opinion of the, the, like, for example, if you go on iHerb.com, they have their own brand, Lake Avenue, that I, you know, I use for certain things like branch chain amino acids, commodity items. What would you say, kind of their, their CoQ10 is cheaper and it, they have like forms with bioperine and stuff. Would you say that's worth investing one's money into or? Would you go for a more expensive CoQ10 supplement? That's a great question. It depends on the company. I mean, if you take a look at iHerb and you take a look and see if they've got a, a really comprehensive testing program and they can prove that each batch is what's in the capsule or the gel cap. Um, and then if you can, if their testing program exists and you can verify that it exists. And the next thing to look at is the user reviews and find out what people are saying. Does it work? And so if you find that nine out of 10 people say that this is a fantastic supplement and it works, chances are it's a good supplement. Yeah. You know what? Let, let me just tell you something there. I last, last week or the week before I found out that iHerb give each one of their customers up to a hundred dollars. Basically you get a dollar per review that you do and then 10 cents per everyone that likes your review that finds it informative or so I am actually not sure because certain things have like 4,000, 5,000, 8,000 reviews. So I'm like, damn, that this stuff must be really good. But now that they're incentivizing folks with a dollar per review, I'm starting to question because even I did, I went, I was like, I'm getting my hundred dollars. I've, I bought a ton of stuff from these guys. Why not get like a few bottles of whatever? So, uh, actually since we last talk talked, I got some alpha GPC, because you said some really nice things about that. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, just, just a little, as a little aside. I'm glad um, that you brought that point up because that is so true. One of the things that companies, supplement companies battle with all the time is how they get more sales is if they get good customer reviews. Yeah. But how do you get those customer reviews? You can get mm-hmm. them organically and just wait for people to review their product, or you can incentivize people yeah. to review the product. Just because a company incentivizes uh, someone to do a review doesn't mean that it's a bad supplement. Sure. But it does have to be taken into consideration. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I definitely, because like, for example, if you look at, let's say I was looking at um, someone I know, uh, their prenatal vitamin formula, it said it was the number one pediatrician recommended uh, supplement in the UK. And man, like garbage, like calcium carbonate, um, you know, cyanocobalamin, folic acid. I don't even have to tell you you already know this is garbage. It's the number one pediatrician formula. So 
marketing scam. I'm not saying scams, but just marketing. I don't want to say dishonesty either, but there's people have to ba- basically educate themselves and learn how to steer clear yeah. of marketing. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, I kind of, uh, we, we went down the rabbit hole there. So Alcar CoQ10, what else uh, for energy? PQQ. Okay. A PQQ is an enzyme cofactor that's active in every single one of your uh, your cells, including in your brain. And what is the unique thing about PQQ is that it can stimulate the creation of new mitochondria. And I don't know of, there might be one other supplement out of 95 or 100 supplements that I reviewed that can do that. So it's very unique in that sense. And so what that means is more mitochondria means that you can make more energy, yeah? yeah. So PQQ works in concert with, in synergy with uh, CoQ10. And the final one in this stack is alpha-lipoic acid. And our lipoic acid is the, is the bioactive form of lipoic acid. And it's naturally occurring in your body, and it's a cofactor for mitochondrial enzymes that are involved in carbohydrate energy production. And it does a number of other things too. But, uh, for example, it's a very powerful antioxidant. It works inside and outside of cells. And it's both water and fat-soluble, which is a little unusual for a supplement. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it works in the process of producing adenosine triphosphate. And so if you put together a stack of acetyl-L-carnitine and CoQ10 and PQQ and arlipoic acid, you're going to have a nice, pure, clean energy source. It's not going to be like drinking a Red Bull or a cup of coffee. It's not that type of energy (laughs) jolt. But if you want to get rid of chronic fatigue, or if you want to get to the point where you're not losing, you're just running out of gas at two or three o'clock every afternoon, and you start taking this stack within a few days, you're going to find out that that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, I think especially like if someone wants to quit coffee, this is probably like a stack that would work really well to replace coffee because I know a lot of people, it's a crutch that this is why they they cannot, they want to quit, but they cannot quit. So if you want to quit coffee, for example, or stimulants of other types, this would be a great thing, I think, to include this little stack. I think coffee, caffeine is a is a good way to boost energy temporarily, but I would, it was it's a secondary option to my mind is take care of your most fundamental energy source first and you support that by doing this and after you've taken care of that if you're still going to have times where there's you've got a really really heavy workload or a really heavy emotional load and it saps your energy that's when you might want to reach for caffeine as as a as an energy supplement but then you have to know how to use caffeine to boost energy because the way caffeine works is I was talking about how adenosine triphosphate is produced in mitochondria, and that's your energy source. As you as your mitochondria make adenosine triphosphate, what's left over is adenosine. And that adenosine builds up in your body and in your brain, and it attaches to receptors, and that's how you start to get sleepy and sleepier and sleepier throughout your day until finally you go to bed and you fall asleep. Caffeine inhibits the adenosine receptor. So it prevents adenosine from attaching to that receptor. That's how it works. That's how where the stimulant effect comes from. But the other thing that it does too that people aren't aware of is that it uses dopamine. 
in your brain. So it drains your dopamine levels. It also acts as a diuretic. So you end up excreting vitamins B6, B9, and B12 in urine, which is bad news because you need these as cofactors in the manufacture of things like dopamine. And it boosts cortisol. So if you're going to use caffeine as an energy supplement, you need to replace the dopamine, you need to replace the B vitamins, and you have to reduce cortisol that's been jacked up by using caffeine. And you do that with L-tyrosine, a B-complex vitamin, and something like L-theanine. And L-theanine helps suppress cortisol. Oh, thank God I take all of those every day. But I'm seriously questioning making coffee tomorrow morning. You have made me question my decisions for the the past whatever length of time. Um, okay, actually, I have a couple couple little questions here, right? So PQQ, there is micro PQQ, I think it's called or something like that. Bio PQQ. Bio PQQ, yeah. Would that? It's obviously more expensive. Does would you go for that one if you were buying a PQQ supplement? I would, and the reason why is because it is, rather than a synthetic version of PQQ, it's um, a nature-identical, more bioavailable form of of PQQ, and they've got the evidence to back up that it works better than regular PQQ. Awesome. Good to know. Yeah, I I think if you're going to to be investing in a supplement and something is $20, and the more bioavailable version is, let's say, $27, you're much better off either saving your 20 bucks or investing the extra seven bucks and getting the, you know, the, the better supplement. I agree. And just one final question on the alpha lipoic acid. So you said there's, because there's, I think there's a few of them. You said our lipoic acid is the one because you can get really cheap alpha lipoic acid, but mm-hmm. um, why... Why do we want to avoid the cheap stuff and which is the, the best form to kind of look out for? Well, there's alpha lipoic acid and there's S lipoic acid and there's R lipoic acid. And so S lipoic acid, it's in um, it's a form that's not found in nature. Um, and it using it, it doesn't produce the most essential properties of using lipoic acid as a supplement. Um, and including interactions with other proteins, enzymes, and, and, and genes. Our lipoic acid is the form of lipoic acid that naturally occurs in the human body and in animals and in plants. And it's the only form that functions as a cofactor for mitochondrial enzymes involved in energy production. The problem with our lipoic acid is it's highly unstable. And so it's difficult to put it in a capsule as a supplement. So oftentimes you'll see an RALA blend, or it's like a 50-50 blend. So half SALA and half RALA. But there are a couple of companies that are putting out a stabilized version of Arlipoic acid, which is the version that you really want. It's more expensive, but it works. Okay. Okay, love it. Um, David, thank you so much again, once again, for your amazing insights. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Christian.